when I look into your eyes, like when I go into you, that there is no more you or I. It's just this eternal weaving of threads, the eternal weaving of our energies together. And it's one of the most beautiful things to feel because it just feels home. It feels safe. It feels like the thing that you'd always been looking to return to your entire life. Yeah, like to detach from that stigma that you're not able to love somebody until you've loved yourself, that a lot of the time you find that love, you find a deeper sense of love being able to share it with somebody else while you're navigating your own. Shout out to ZT1 who on Instagram reached out to me saying, by the way, you never made a podcast on why you chose monogamy and why you went away from open style. Yeah. That was actually the impetus of today's uh, podcast. Not down my hallway. Yeah, bang. All right. Baggers and mash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet dear baby Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, my friends, welcome to today's session on why we chose monogamy. Yeah, welcome. This, this is my partner, Haley. First <laughs> time I'm introducing you to her. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Today we wanted to sit down to discuss why it is that we chose monogamy Yeah. between each other. And we've been together for just over four months, four and a half months or so. Is that all? Well, exclusively. And that's why we're going to yeah. get into today's story about how we got together in open relationship to begin with. Yeah. And... So the way that this podcast is going to run is that we are each going to go through like a kind of our backstory as to how we came to each other, where we had been. And I guess after that, just kind of riff into how we find monogamy now and why we think that's the best choice for us now. Mm. So I feel like I want to give Haley the space here off the bat uh, okay. to, <laughs> to explain how she came to where she came from mm. and how she came to be desiring monogamy. Yeah. And then I'll jump in on mine after. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, I feel like it was such an interesting journey. It's like growing up, I definitely always felt that like I wanted that monogamous relationship, obviously not understanding that it was called monogamous. It's just that I wanted a boyfriend. Mm, just a Disney fairy tale. Yeah, 100%. Like you fall in love, you get married, you have the children, you have the big house in America. Not in America, but in America. Like, you know, you have that whole dream set out. You have that big wedding, the big dress. Mm, the Western narrative. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And it's like, it's just fed to you. Like, from the moment that you're little, reading fairy tale stories and it's just like, I want to say what every girl desires, but I feel like each to their own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, I spent so much of my life going and focusing on that fairy tale that it took some pretty extreme relationships. Like, emotional psychological physical abuse to be able to Mm. navigate that like you can't you can't get that happiness from someone else Mm. that you really have to you really have to go within yourself to be able to find out what it is that you actually need so you're describing that chase for external validation and you're alluding to how that maybe manifested in relationships that weren't healthy Oh my healthy God, 100%. 100%. And like, that's something that I thought that I'd kind of got a bit of a grip on last year in understanding that like I did go and seek validation from others as a result of me just not dealing with my shit. Hmm. And it's like, just when you think that you've got it all together, the universe is just like, psych, we're going to throw a really good lesson at you and see if you've learned it. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that I hadn't. It's like, I had to I had to an extent, like I was definitely 
a lot more like progressed and developed than in the past but it's like I still wasn't where I wanted to be like I still couldn't go and give the best of me to anyone Mm. well it's a good point I want to jump in here this podcast is brought to you by bowldojo.com where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans overcome limiting beliefs destroy negative self-perceptions and egoic attachments have a listening ear to the trials of your life helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentaries, music, all of that, all at boldojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. Because I'm just realizing that I haven't even, and we haven't even told the story of how we even came to be. Oh God, no, we haven't. So people, this, this is interesting. We're kind of going from back to start. Yeah. I think we should go back to the start. And yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'll start oh, off with this confession. and then you can jump in. So we haven't even told people how we came to be, which is that mm. we met at a freedom rally here in Adelaide, South Australia. Oh God, yeah, we did. And Haley was actually someone that I had interviewed at yeah. one of the freedom rallies. I had no idea who she was before meeting her, but she knew some bit, or a little bit about me before, an idea. I, I knew like a considerable amount. About a considerable who, amount, yeah. Yeah, thanks about to, who it was. Thanks to mother. Yeah. So it was a, yeah, it was like a, it was a wet, kind of humidy, wet. Oh my God, it was like downpour weather. Yeah. Like thousands of people marching. Everyone was just like fighting for the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was awesome that we came together, but it's like, Everyone was in their ponchos, like walking down. We all literally looked like drowned rats, Everyone but we're like, drenched. freedom! Just <laughs> 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 ready to go. And so I, I saw Haley with her sign, and not kudos to my mother as well. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I just thought, I oh, someone to talk to, someone to interview. So I went up to her, and uh, I'll let Haley take the story yeah. from here because that's really the end of my. Yeah, that's like the end while. of your extent of like input in towards her, and then it's just like. The psycho Haley comes out. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no. So, um, I guess, like, I knew a little bit. I should probably, like, explain a bit more. Like, I knew a fair bit about Adam um, prior to this rally. Like, my mum was going to them before I would go with her. And, yeah, she, she comes up to me one day after a rally. She goes, you've got to start coming to these rallies, Haley. I'm like, why? Like, you know, like, yeah, sure, I'd love to for the cause, but, like, why are you so passionate? She's like, there's a really hot Asian guy there. Like, I think you'd really like him. <laughs> At this point, I was in a relationship and I was just like, oh, like, like, I'll come to support you because no one else in my family wanted to go with her. So I was like, I'll go to support you. And, and like, you had just lost your job as well because of the mandates. Uh, well, yeah, I think I think I had either just lost her or I was just about just to about lose to. it. Yeah. But I get really confused about that. But anyway, we're at this rally. Mum's made these signs. We're walking along um, like, my body, my choice. And then 
I like look up and mum's like, that's him. That's the hot Asian. And I just remember, <laughs> I don't even remember what top you were wearing, but I remember like the red borders and I was just like, God, red looks good on him. Like it looks so fucking good on his skin. And like, just remember instantly being like, literally, were you a direct descendant of God? Yes or no? Would love to know. It's but, an impressive level for someone you never met. That, exactly. And then, um, yeah, I remember you coming over to me being like, excuse me, miss, like you seem really young. How old are you? I'm like, oh, 22, 22, 21, 21. You'll be 21 at the time. Oh, my God. Mm. Wow. Yeah, 21. Um, yeah, and then like you just asked why I was there, what like what my like drive driving force was for fighting for it like why why did i want freedom yeah what did i want to come from it and you were super passionate and oh, i gave you a hug at the end which apparently i kissed her oh on the God. cheek which i didn't it's, it's recall. not it's not and apparently you definitely did kiss me on the cheek and i guess taking it from here that kiss literally drove me insane from the moment that it happened like the power of a kiss on the cheek is just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like I remember going home that night and I went back to my ex's house telling him all about like the rally and how awesome it was and literally mentioned that like I'd bumped into you and that like you'd interviewed me and that I was possibly going to be on this video. He was like mortified, like absolutely mortified. And in my mind, I'm like, he kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> he, he he kissed me on the cheek. I'm like blushing the moment that this video is posted. I'm like constantly refreshing like my Instagram feed. And then it's like, I just kept on being fixated in watching your video. Mm. So it's just like, there was just something about that interaction yeah. that I was like. So let's fast forward. It was on. like a month or so. So I didn't hear from her after that for quite some time. It was probably a few months. No, actually. I feel like it's really important to clarify that i did reach out to you but just because i didn't have a <laughs> hot girl photo as my instagram profile pic so what she's referring to here is that, that you just completely glanced over you're like who is this bitch i don't need hey, her hey, 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 hey. this is total misrepresentation so what she's referring to is that at that time my inbox was getting absolutely flooded with hundreds of messages a week during this whole uh when the first vaccine injuries were coming out and yeah. people that had been lost their jobs and so I was up until like 11, 12 a.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m., a lot of nights, weekday nights, just trying to get through people's messages. And so my filter was either extreme stories of pain. Or, or extremely s- hot girls. <laughs> so, but what I'm talking about there extreme is- Extreme levels of either. But, ex- <laughs> but extreme, what she means by extreme levels of hot is girls- I should have had a picture of my tits as my profile picture. Yeah, well- that's one way of going about it. But we're talking about this circle on a image of a – but I just don't recall uh, how his Instagram profile particularly standing out at that yeah, time. it definitely didn't grab his attention because I got no reply. Yeah, so what, what this, to put this into context now, my friends, because she this is what she does. She just fucking blows shit up. <laughs> she blows shit up for the fun of it. That, I love it. And so when – it was must have been February when the Convoy to Canberra had come out, which coincided with, mm. for those of you listening yeah. – around the world, uh, the truckers' convoy in Canada. So this was Australia's version, for those of you that didn't know. Mm-hmm. I covered it quite extensively. I went over to Canberra uh, to cover it. And that it weekend- It was super extreme. There was. Like yeah. a, hundreds of thousands of people from around yeah. Australia came down and the mainstream media did not rep- barely report on it at all. Just right-wing uh, 
right-wing white supremacists was and racist. That's all we were, apparently. Good. Yeah. Anyways, that aside. So I went over that weekend and apparently Haley had, more than apparently, Haley had messaged me in my inbox saying, thanks so much for covering this. We really appreciate your yeah. support. Right? And and I just, I hadn't responded to it. It was just sitting there. And it's but like, she didn't take no for an answer. Insert, insert SpongeBob thing one million years later. later. Um, but, but... But you yeah, went to so, extreme so, levels. Yeah, after. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I did. I'll, tell I'll the people. put my hand up and admit that I did go to extreme levels. You tell the people. It wasn't long after New Year's that like, I, the relationship with my ex broke up. and This was last year, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like I just couldn't get that kiss on the cheek out of my head. Like it's insane, the power. But anyway, I, I guess like. I went to an extreme that some would get restraining orders for. <laughs> like um, if it was a guy doing it? Yeah, if it was a guy doing it, you know. But I'd worked out, Adam would go and post on like his Instagram stories that he would go for beach walks every morning and every night. But it was at the same beach that I would go for walks on. It was like right near my house. Um so I could never work out what time it was. So I just thought I'm just going to strategically place myself on the beach and like investigate different times and like I'd go like really early one morning and then like a little bit later the next and then like I'd go like around that five o'clock time at night. Never bumped into him. Right. For and like a solid month this is going on. Yeah, here. literally every single day, seven days a week, twice a week. So 14 times every week for a month. It's impressive commitment. It's like what? Anyway, over 50, 60 times trying to find him on the beach, literally, literally just to bump into him. Wow. God knows what I was going to say to you when I bumped into you because when I actually did, it was like the worst thing in the world. But <laughs> I, I gave up complete hope and it's I'd literally gone for a walk with my best friend and um, her two daughters and we're just walking along the beach finding sea glass and I look up, I'm like, fuck, fuck, that's him. Yeah. The one person I have wanted to look for is here the one time I've not been looking. But instead of being like, oh, my God, Adam, hey, like I'm Hayley, do you remember interviewing me? I was like, hi, and keep walking. And this is where I'm going to take over. So as I'm walking down the beach, it's beautiful, sunny afternoon. It's very warm. I'm only I'm wearing some shorts. I think that's about it. And Haley's wearing yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, you were just wearing your red shorts. And yeah. I remember looking at that body. I was like, oh, you're so, you're so sun-kissed. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty dark as I am now. Yeah. Um, as you are now. Animal-based. <laughs> <laughs> Love and life. <laughs> so, so as I was walking down the beach, I didn't recognize Haley at first. Mm. I didn't know who either of them were at first. Her friend is – her name is Lana, is who, who we are referring to. And so I – I walked past them and just like I said to everyone, like I just say hi to everyone. And Haley walked past me going, hi. <laughs> and just walks past me, directly past me. And then her friend who was a couple steps back goes, oh my God, Adam, I love your stuff on Instagram. Really? And she like stopped me. So Lana stopped me and she gives me a hug and she's super warm energy. And then Haley turns around. Who was walking. I was walking with both of her daughters and I was just like, well, I can't keep walking with them. Like I'm going to have to go back now. Dragged back in <sighs> against your will. Uh, it wasn't against my well, it, Yeah, it was kind of against my will. Yeah, and you were like. I was shitting bricks. You were playing it super cool, apparently. 
which I was super cool. I thought I was flirting with you. I thought you were being super cool. And he had no idea that I was interested. I didn't know. 100%. So, uh, Haley's like, oh, you know what? We should go for like a beach walk sometime. Yeah, so what is not flirty about yeah, that? Yeah, go beach walk sometime. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool. Give me a message. And uh, It took me an hour to construct a message that night. An hour. And it was literally like, hey, it was so lovely to see you. Let me know when you're free for that beach walk. An hour to write that message to you. But I did respond within... Uh, 12 hours. Yeah, good timing. Well, it was better we went- than the first message. <laughs> <laughs> months. All right, so it was no. We went out, and so we went on our first date, which literally I didn't that next morning. The next morning at like five thirty a.m., I messaged her saying, "Hey, I know it's a bit rushed, but you want to come down to the beach?" Um, no, you asked if I wanted to go at night, and I was going away for five days. I was going camping by myself, hmm. and I was like, "I'm not going to be here tonight, but I'm going for a beach walk now. Do you want to come?" Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I was surprised how early you responded. So, anyways, we get we go on our first beach walk and. I mean, from here, I can we can kind of like shortcut it from here. He thought I was a psycho. But the first, yeah, on the first day, I thought like I didn't realize it was a date. As I've just, I, I didn't think it was the first date. I thought it was just cool people meeting up to be cool. It was definitely a date. She told me that there were beings on the sun. And I thought that was a little bit strange. She said she also was happy to die, and I was like, mm, it's interesting. <laughs> um, okay, so we're good past this here. But after this date, I thought, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I've got to, I've got to touch her like in a way that seeks connection to see if there's something true here not in a way where i'm trying to like pedo the situation up i'm trying to talk about because for those <laughs> you are just trying to match my energy with the pedo <laughs> yeah for those that aren't well yeah it would only be in kind but what people don't seem to or we haven't announced yet is that you've said that you're 22 but we haven't said that i'm 29 yeah so there is an age gap here yeah seemingly obsolete though because of how spry i am childish <laughs> Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old boy. Old boy. I said old boy. Okay, so anyways, I give her I go to hug her at the end of this beach walk and she hugs me very tight. Unusually tight. And that's when I thought, okay, there might be something here. So she goes away on her camping trip. I've been sending her voice messages. She's very responsive, very engaged throughout it, even though she's on a beach trip. Even though I'm socially awkward with sending voice messages. Yeah, her voice messages are terrible. But anyways, get to the what I think is the actual first day where I invite you to come down to the beach uh, at sunset. And that's where it kind of elapses uh, from there, from that night. I don't think we need to go into everything that happens thereafter, but we can say the mm. first kiss happens from there. It was beautiful. I guess you can probably just listen to the Sarah Love Saga, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So what Haley's referring to there is the, well, because I was protecting her identity at the time. Yeah. Obviously, you feel comfortable now for me to say that, which is that the Sarah Love Saga playlist on the podcast and for the regulars that have been listening, Haley is Sarah. Um, which actually I feel like I just have to drop in here is really ironic considering my brother and I growing up always wanted to have a bigger sister. So we pretended that we had this sister that lived in Adelaide called Sarah, who was like 29, mm. loved going to Hindley Street. Like she was a real bad girl. A little bit like you. I grew up to be Sarah. Mm. evolved beyond it now oh exactly yes transcending so that anyway so that's there so yeah you can go listen to that to see because what i was saying there in episode one details our entire first night and mm. actually some really powerful transcendence for both of us in the moment it was really the first time that we actually connected like sexually connected it was the first time we made proper love together mm. that really sets the scene for how that we met and then what 
today's podcast surrounds is why we chose monogamy. So I'll say here that it was after our after our first time having a fully sexual connected experience, both in hearts and bodies, that as you guys who have been listening to this podcast for some time will know that it's always my responsibility to set clear foundations, clear understanding and the principles of where we are in our relationship together. So if it's not, let's just see what happens or leaving people in the dark about it. I want to make sure it's really clear. So it must have been our third in quotes. No, so that actually was the date. It was our third date that this happened that asked her to meet me at the botanics. Mm. And because we actually hadn't had full penetrative sex before that, we had gotten on our first in quotes date, which is the second time we met. Mm. Um, we had gone very, very, uh, how you Super say, heated. very frisky, very heated together. But I pulled, I pulled back and said, "This is going too fast for me," and I think like this is good enough for where we are now. And there was the next one that I decided to set the T's and C's, if you will, or get clarity on our relationship yeah. before we went into a full sexual experience. So just getting the order of things correct there, and basically just what I proposed to Haley on the Botanic Gardens was that. I'm in a stage life of life right now where I'm learning about myself in relation to others, which means I need to need to be free to explore myself with others sexually, very explicit, make sure that there were no question marks about that. So I want the freedom to be able to see other people. I want you to have the freedom to be able to see other people. I don't want to lock you down in this stage of life. And that really importantly, if this ever doesn't work for you, or if you ever have yeah. misguided feelings about this, then please let me know and I'll be sure to do the same so that, you know, you just put out fires before they even begin and no one feels uh, like they've been short-sighted on it. Yeah. And in the moment, we both agreed. And you seemed kind of relieved about it. When I asked for your feedback, do you remember what you said? Not like word for word, but I definitely... Or your sentiment? Yeah, it was... That like what you were, what you were saying about, you know, being in that open relationship and what that meant it definitely aligned with where I was because, you know, keeping in mind, I had just started to open that door for my own, like to walk my own journey. Because you'd only broken up with your previous partner, what, three months ago before that? December-ish. No, it was like just after, it would have been like Jan, like end of Jan. So, yeah, like I definitely wasn't in any, in any position to go and put myself in a new relationship with someone Mm. like monogamously as well when like I felt like I was just starting to show that excitement for like understanding who I am Mm. and what makes me tick and you know like just exploring my true self Mm. and we haven't really fully outlaid it here because you know it's a very deep subject but I think it's important to give people an idea that the partners that Haley had been with prior to me were and the experiences she had in them, some of them were pretty horrific, mm. uh, both on a psychological and physiological level. So yeah, you don't have to add anything more to that, but I'm just saying that I think that's important to note as to why I'm bringing this up, that uh, it seemed like you were in the position for open. 100%. It's like, I guess in, from like a female perspective, it kind of gets to a point where like you – can only like you, you reach your threshold of how much pain you're willing to put yourself under that like you can go and experience like relationships with people and they can always start off great mm. but then it's just like 
you get to that point, you take off those rose-coloured glasses, their true colours show through and it's like, it's kind of like you're already, like your foot's already stuck in that trap. It's like, how do I get out of this now? That I was in no position to rush back into being in like anything that would position me to feel trapped. Mm. So that's that builds the juice into where this is going because we then forayed into this open relationship together. Something that you had never been through before, by the way, as well. Mm. You'd never done an open relationship no. before. Uh, I had been doing this for the last, if I was 28 at that time. Yeah. So the last six years or so. Yeah. For most of my 20s, my previous last monogamous relationship was with Julie when I was 22. That was 20 to 22, as in 20 years old to 22 years old. And then I've been in open relationships since then. And I just remember that from the very first moment or from the very first sexual connected experience that you and I had, which is more than just like a pass away thing, like I'm breezing over it now, but it was something truly ridiculous because it was the first time I'd ever been there in the presence of a naked woman feeling that a conflict between what I referred referred to as animalistic sex and deep love. That because I hadn't felt these feelings of deep love for any woman in the last six years, not since Julie. It had always any experience I had with a woman had always operated just on the, uh, I wouldn't say surface level because I still always endeavoured to go deep, but this the the sexual arena in terms of, you could say bodily pleasure is a part of it, but just it's more the absence of feeling a deep emotional connection yeah. with that woman. So because I never treated sex in a transactional way or as all the listeners and viewers of this show would know, as I've talked about for so long, there's always emotional care. Yeah. But it wasn't emotional care that permeated beyond the interaction. Yeah. So yeah. in open relationships, typically you have, and like I've described, you have your world, you have their world. You guys come together to meet on the moon and you keep your strings unattached between your worlds. Mm-hmm. And normally your experience stays on the moon. But with you, the experience of you came back to my world. And that after our first time together, it was like I was thinking about you all day long and I just couldn't stop thinking about you and envisioning all the different amazing things, whether it was our, the movies we would watch or the places that we would go or just what life was, would, gonna, yeah. would look like with you. And it's like this is a strange feeling, like this crazy feeling bottling up within me that I haven't felt in a really long time. I'm like I just need to like steady myself through this. And so we did our absolute best to maintain the principles of the open relationship of you know, not seeing each other more than once a week, uh, only texting each other primarily for logistical things as to arranging when we're going to be meeting up, yeah. not meeting each other's friends or family. And we did our best to do that, but it was really like fighting, keeping the water back because mm. we kept wanting to see each other and I feel like we were subconsciously trying to see each other more by accidentally bumping into each other at the beach. No, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So... At a certain point, I'll let you rewind if you want to as well from your perspective how all this kind of started to bottle up. Mm. But what I'm trying to paint here is that while we started an open relationship, I knew from the beginning that this was not going to last very long. And I started writing her letters, which I refer to as silent letters, which is a fantastic balancing mechanism to keep yourself well balanced when you're in the heat of things, you know, to write letters to someone without the intention of actually sending them. Mm. So I call them a silent letter that... You write out your feelings towards them, but you give it 24 hours. So you you do not send it, you don't give it to them until you've had 24 hours to step back and then review it 
And then if you still feel after 24 hours that you want that person to hear what you have to say, then that's probably a good time to send it. And I think there was every single one that I wrote, I, I ended up sending you. Yeah. Telling you about the conflict I was feeling, about how I f- was feeling these deep feelings towards you, but question marks about, you know, it's because it's so soon and I haven't felt like this in a long time, like just not knowing, not trusting whatever that was. Mm. And I think this is a good place to jump it over to you here because while I was doing that for you because I was trying to be as transparent with you as possible, it was actually having a bit of a different effect on your end. Oh my God, 100%. Mm. 100%. I like, as much as I wanted to go and have that open relationship with you, it was really hard. Yeah. Because it's like you you feel as though you have to go and like fight your emotions. Like what I was feeling towards you and how like, I just wanted to be with you every single spare second that I had. And mm. it's like you feel that burn and it's it's really hard to try and put it out. And it kind of feels like I guess that <laughs> that like For the, those listening on the podcast her top strap just fell off her shoulder. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that like The burn, the burn that you have for another and the burn that I, that I felt for you and like I've expressed to you is something that I've not ever felt before. I've not ever felt with anybody ever. And it's like, it keeps you awake at night and it like rattles you to your core because it's, it's such a, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Well, when you heard me, when you were receiving my letters, hearing that I was developing deeper feelings for you. Yeah. You know, I remember you telling me at another stage when we reflected on this in private conversation that that was causing some conflict for you. Oh, 100%. Because, by the way, you never communicated what you just said to me. Yeah. At the time, which was a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, exactly. I never, I actually was really not open with you about how I was feeling at all. Not at all. Um. But in all honesty, like, at that stage in my life, I wasn't open with how I was feeling about anything towards anyone. Mm. Yeah. Biggest mistake of my life. Mm. But we live and we learn. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was like it was really hard because like receiving those letters and hearing that you were developing those deeper feelings and like as I was starting to, you know, go down that path as well of developing those feelings, it was like this huge conflict and it's like – literally like war zone in my head Mm. between like the rule like the rules that we um that we agree to with like the open relationship and the foundation of that it's like that's on one side and then on the other side there's but I'm really starting to develop feelings for this guy that completely contradict every single rule that we've agreed to Mm. like it's really it was really hard I just remember it's like there's moments where you kind of just want to go and like throw your hands up in the air and just be like, fuck it, it's too hard. Mm. Like it's hard when you've agreed to something to then have to, I guess like it kind of feels that you either like take that step back and like suppress your emotions or you take that leap of faith. But it's just like in that moment, I remember that taking that leap of faith, like, instilled more fear inside of me than suppressing my own emotions. 
you mean taking the leap of faith to like to explore to share. the deep? Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. share it with you and like have that open conversation and say, look, like this is how I'm feeling. These are the emotions that I am starting to develop for you. Mm. It's like that feared me. That that scared me. Or if you could go back and do it again, because what we're describing here, my friends, is that. <clears throat> things were changing within us yeah. and one of us was communicating that but the other wasn't yeah 100% so if you could go back and you could rerun that what do you think you would do differently oh my god just be open with you because we would have ended yeah. if you'd done that we would have ended the open relationship then and there yeah yeah and it would have like definitely been something like it would have been a monogamous thing from there yeah and we don't need to go into not in today's session it's beyond the scope of today's session what happened later on in our relationship, but to move this part of it forward along. So we get to about three months of being together. It's hard to disentangle events events from it, but we get to about three months together. And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, something we said to each other quite often was that we've actually spent more time in bed together than we have outside <laughs> of it. Yeah. Which is not to say that we were just depraved depraved animals that spend no other time focused on anything but sex but it was more about what was happening in our sexual connection together it was more that we were so focused on just like just communicating our love for each other Mm. and you know like what we've worked out is like that you can use that sexual connection to actually communicate a lot more than verbal and physical Mm -hmm. communication tap into the spiritual arena yeah 100 percent. like literally I think what's so special about what you and I feel is that, you know, like when we are having sex, it's not just like penetrative, penetrative sex. It's hard thing to say. It's so hard. Um, penetrative sex. Yeah. It's not just the penetration. Yeah. It's so much more than that. It's actually like putting that aside and like the actual force of the whole thing itself it's literally just it's how your soul and my soul talks and it's how we connect and it's how like more of our threads are woven together to continue building that blanket that keeps us warm. And that's something that we found right from the beginning. Which is and I described like the when I look at you when I talk to you without words, when I look into your eyes, like when I go into you, that there is no more you or I. It's just this eternal weaving of threads, the eternal weaving of our energies mm. together. And it's one of the most beautiful things to feel because it just feels home. It feels safe. It feels like the thing that you'd always been looking to return to your entire life. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like quite often you'll be like, you ask about like my love that I have for you. And I feel like it was only the other day that we were talking about like how we know that we love each other. And how it's like, and how it's different than like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And like one of the pivotal points that I know that my love has like continued to develop for you and continue to grow is the fact that like every single day when like I get to see you, it's not that I'm just looking at you, it's that I'm coming home to you because within you is where I reside. You are my home. And I feel like that's like a really big indication that it's like that love is all encompassing. Mm. 
It's pretty crazy now to look at the love that you're describing that we have now, how much has developed compared to when it had first began. Yeah. Because when it first began, it was quite overwhelming as it was. Yeah. But now it feels like like an immovable object also because of the events that we've been through. Mm. So coming back to the timeline of things here. So I think it maybe was towards the end of our first three months together in this open style that I confessed my love to you, that I sat you down on your bed and I told you that I love you. But you weren't in alignment with that. And I think that's really interesting for you to, for us to describe here. It's a good mm. thing to go into because I'll say from the masculine perspective, which is that I knew that she wasn't ready to say the words I love you to me, but I could already see it in her behavior. I could already see it in the way that she looked at me. I could already see it in just her overall energy with me. But because of the events of Haley's life and the trauma that she's been through and particularly that which was unresolved at that time, yeah, that I knew it was going to be quite an uphill struggle, quite a journey to get her to be with her if she was willing to be at a place where she could fully let go into what love really was because – yeah, I'm not. Uh, Haley will share if she the space is here if she, if she wishes to, and maybe in future events if she may be more explicit. But at least here at the beginning, as we said, she's had some pretty traumatic experiences in her life regarding other masculine beings, and I just knew from that on a conceptual level that her idea of love was from a different universe than mine. Mm. That all I had ever known growing up was what I considered to be a compassionate, kind mutually benevolent idea of what love could be. Yeah, 100%. Like, And that was such a foreign thing to me. Like I yeah. just remember like the greatest privilege in this life is to be loved by you. And I just hope that like all women out there get to like find their own version of you because you're unreal. It's like you kind of just get used to being with idiots that you expect that that's just all that there is. Yeah. That it like, it took me a lot to get used to you. It's like the green tea in in the bed. Oh my God. Yeah. 100%. It's like, there was so much, like so much happening and so much going on that it's like, you kind of have to like have those pinch yourself moments. It's like, is this real? Mm. Is it, is this man real? It's like, when, when are these rose-coloured glasses going to come off? When he's, like, when's he going to turn into a fuckwit? Because mm-hmm. you kind of just wait for it to happen. Given that it's like, that's, that's like the common theme that happens every single time. There would be small things that I would do for her, which I consider minimum standard, which is when she, like after her spending a night in my bed, that while she's still sleeping, that I'd go and make her a cup of green tea, Japanese matcha, with a little bit of honey and make sure the water's not too hot so it doesn't burn her when she goes to drink it. And it just literally blew her the fucking off this earth. She literally... Like you, you've actually got no idea. It was the best thing in the world. And I usually, like, I always hated matcha. I tried to drink it before and it was vile. But it's like, no one had ever done that. No one had ever made me a cup of tea. Like, apart from my dad. Or, like, every now and then he might treat you with, like, a quarter of a teaspoon of Milo. <laughs> because apparently... A tablespoon or like a good soup ladle of Milo is too much. That's too much. Never too much. Never too much Milo. But it's like I never got that. And it's like looking back now and like where we are in our relationship and what we do for each other, 
it's like it's so fucked up that what your normal was prior yeah, to living in that that normal was nothing like actually nothing like negligent yeah 100 percent. like couldn't even cook dinner together mm-hmm. it's like you think that's what we do every night yeah yeah it's what i'm saying like the strength of what we have now is so impressive yeah so where we were at that point was I'm not sure how we got into the tangent of the small things that made you – Oh, the, I, mean, I think we were just characterizing what love looked like for us at that stage. Oh, yeah, and I was mm. talking about how you were not used to – and I knew that me confessing – that's right. I knew that me confessing my love to you was not going to be reciprocated, but I was at that point where it was just bursting the damn walls. And so and I, so I told her and, you know, really I respect you a lot for doing it at the time. She received me, but she also – in some way stayed true to herself i say that for different reasons but in the moment stayed true to herself by saying that i'm not ready to say that i'm in love with you but the door was open and yeah i could see it potentially happening yeah 100 percent. and like i guess that's one of my biggest things is that i'd felt that with past relationships that i'd been so quick to go and say that like i was in love with them when And like knowing what I know now and how I feel now, knowing that it was not ever true love that I'd experienced before, that it was like an ideal Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't. What is that ideal, by the way? I think that'd be interesting. What is the ideal of love you were subscribing to? Torture. (laughs) It's like literally feeling like you can find in a jail where it's like, like some partners, your every single move was watched, was like navigated, narrated, like, um, like I like I've spoken to you about before, there was a partner that I was with that tried to crash the car with me inside of it because their emotions just got the better of them. They didn't know how to handle anything, and it's like literally all of those things are. It's torture. It's you feel confined. It's like you literally feel like the drafts at Adelaide Zoo. Mm-hmm. That you're this big creature in such a confined space. It's so constrictive. You don't. You don't have that freedom to to move, to flow, to actually act yourself. Mm. It's so restrictive. And and why do you think you were subscribing to that? Oh, because I never I never dealt with any of my trauma. One hundred percent. It's like I feel like consciously to an extent I had, but like literally up until recently, if I started to go through and delve through that subconscious layer, and like start to really like nut it out and sent it on its way Mm -hmm. but like I know that it was definitely self-inflicted that that's what I thought that I was worthy of that I kept on going and choosing those guys that would show me all of those sorts of things that would show me that behavior that would treat me lesser than what I knew that I was worth and that they treat me less than that and that I'd be like oh that's okay because this is what love is Mm -hmm. that when you love somebody you accept all of them and it's like, to an extent, yeah, but to what extent do you put your foot down? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I said, that last, yeah, last year, I'd only just started to to go on that journey to find myself. And like, I knew within myself that I, I didn't truly love who I was. And before I went and said to somebody else and gave my love to somebody else, I knew that it was like 
I knew that it was extremely important that I gave that love to myself. Mm. So at that time to tie it in, you weren't ready to say that you love me to me then. Yeah. And I was actually okay with that because I was preparing for that. Yeah. So that wasn't like a destructive blow in any sense. And I'm just taking a pause back here now to see how much of the story we skip over to get to how we ended up becoming monogamous because it's such a long, it's a, it's a, it's a very deep, deep, what was once a very deep, painful trench, which is now just deep because for me, the trauma has been released. So, okay. Well, I think we can, at least for now, if we want to come back to it, we can, we might do it in a later episode. Mm. But what I can say is that roughly after that time period, when I had told Haley, which was roughly at like the two month mark, probably of us being an open relationship mm. of me telling her that I loved her. It was about three to four weeks later in which that my father passed away. And it was on that night, which was Haley's birthday was going to be the next day. That's, We'd had an incredible, I said I was going to cook her dinner for her birthday. She came over and it was an amazing, amazing meal. And I had chosen not to tell her that that morning my father had passed away. I chose not to tell her because I didn't want it to sully the experience that I had planned for her. And I would tell her afterwards. So she hadn't, she was none the wiser. We had gone through the dinner. We took for a walk uh, late at night afterwards. And underneath the front porch light, I told her that my father had passed away. And I remember you holding me. I remember you being there for me and just uh, being the vessel of acceptance that I always talk about. And thereafter, we spent three hours in my bed of you describing the raw, explicit nature of the trauma you had been through, mm. particularly when you were about 13 years old. Yeah. Um, did you want to put a subtitle on that or do you want me to leave that there? I feel like that can be left there for now. Sure. So there's something pretty... Uh, disturbing even just to listen to as particularly as a masculine being who cares for women as a general principle a very disturbing uh, event mm. and and then once all that had settled that's like three hours that was like a three-hour conversation i think it must have been roughly 11 30 or 12 a.m by that point and we're just lying in my bed and the candles burning and the cold wind is flowing in because it's winter now we're getting close to and you know it's quiet and you're just there on the side of the bed, as in on your side in the bed. I'm on my side and we're facing each other, like two spoons facing each other. And you say to me, there's something I need to tell you about. It's when you did this, I knew. It's when you made me that tea, mm. I knew. And you listed about two or three other things, small things, like it's when you did this, I knew. And you said, it's I knew that I was ready to tell you that with my whole heart that I love you. And it was just like the words that I had been waiting to hear for a very, very long time, even though I had seen it in your behavior, but to feel that like full synchronization, considering also the emotional flood that I was going through with my father passing away that morning. And we made some of the, Definitely at that point, the most connected love we'd had ever. It's mm. truly something wonderful. This is where I'm going to take philosophical shortcuts and we're going to, we're going to shortcut what happens after here because what we're about to talk about is actually its own, not only is it its own podcast, but in today's scope of what we're talking about, it's not really to do with the scope of what we're talking about, but would require its own podcast. Mm. But for me to put it here, in a short box, which is that 
from that moment onwards, it was Haley's birthday the next day and some destabilizing events had happened with her and her family. Yeah. Do you want to put a subtitle on that or do you want me to roll on? Yeah, I feel like we can probably just like categorize that as like the beginning of like the that. end. Yeah, well, literally the beginning of the end. That that's where like the relationship kind of like died. Yeah, and to yeah. explain how that happened, just in a very brief way, was that because of something that had happened at her family get together at the dinner that night. Yeah, Haley from that day on literally from that day on had retracted herself from me. She stopped responding in the way that she normally would. She was taking more time. She wasn't trying to meet up with me. And I saw her once more between that time. It was actually after the funeral, I think. No, no, there was one more. So there was a meeting before just, it was like the funeral I left on a Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, you came and saw me on the Monday. Yeah, on the Monday. And you were just... This was after like about a week and a half of you just being so despondent and so icy and so cold. And it was just throwing me through absolute loops because I had no idea what was going on. And you had just told me that you were in love with me. And I came to see you and you were just a shell of yourself. You just, the spirit wasn't there behind your eyes. Mm. And you were saying you were confused with what was happening in our relationship. I tried to offer you clarity on that. We spoke for hours. And I said, I'll leave it with you because I've told you now that I'm open to us not being in an open relationship anymore. That was the first time I told you that. And I asked you what you wanted to do. And you said, I don't know. I don't know what I want. You said you didn't know, you knew that you didn't want me to be of anyone else, but you didn't know if you wanted to just be with me, which of course is very unfair and doesn't make sense. That's what it was. And so... I thought you needed time and space to work away from that. I'm going to go to my dad's funeral in Bendigo. And I thought everything, I thought we were going to be able to patch that up and just, you know, when I get back, you know, it'll be all good and we'll, we'll work it out. You know, we just need more time in FaceTime, actual FaceTime together. Mm. But, but what happened after that was then Haley again became more distant and basically just broke off all communication after the funeral. Just went straight dead zero i'm going to leave it for her to put on what she wants to explain how she, how deep she wants to go into to explain that but what it was was for me to just finish it is that over the next so that happened in june yes because dad passed away in may 20th so it was like early june-ish yeah so from early june-ish from the funeral was until literally i think the next time i saw you was like august yeah just before my birthday so it was about a three-month period that she didn't answer any of my calls, any of my messages went straight cold and I had to go through this incredible grievance process of letting go of her. Yeah. So I'll put a pause there and if you want to add anything you want to add, you can. We don't have to go into the deep because obviously you've seen I've bridged a lot of it. I haven't gone into any of the pain that I was going into but you can offer whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's really... Like it's it's so hard to kind of like try and reattach myself to who that person was at that time. Mm. Like it's been such such a period where like I've transcended so far beyond that version of who I was. <laughs> Just, Just head butting the mic. Smash my face in the mic. 
<laughs> that like within myself I can't I find it hard to believe that it was me that did that because given who I am now I know that I wouldn't ever do that mm. and like I guess like that bit of like that bit of clarity and that bit of explanation is like given that fogginess that was going on with my family that I was incredibly in the dark and just trying to navigate, I guess like that significant loss that it was somebody that wasn't just somebody, it was three people. It was my mum, my dad and my brother, like all in one go, just like not having any contact was fucking hard. Like it was really hard. And So just to clarify there, because you haven't made that clear yet, they're probably wondering what you mean by that, that they had gone cold on you. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. So yeah, they just completely cut like all, it's like cutting all cords, that there wasn't that attachment there that like I had gone and tried to reach out and it, like I was super confused about what was going on. I had no clarity. There was no communication about why I wasn't worthy of their response. You know, not like nothing like that was very much. I was left to my own, my own thoughts and my own interpretation. And that in itself is enough to destroy a person. Which, like I take full ownership and I can see that that's exactly what I did to you. That what, like the pain that my family were inflicting on me is exactly what I was doing to you. That they were going cold on me and it's like... Your way of dealing with it was shutting down. Yeah, 100%. And it's like I could just feel, and it was like it was all too fast that like before I could even try and interject, even though I know that I wasn't really as in tune with my emotions, I was definitely nowhere near as in tune with my emotions as I am now. But it's like there was not even that time for me to be able to interject and like try and stop that wall from coming up. It was like it was one minute it was down and then it was like 0.1 of a second later and it's like bang, it's all the way up. And... You know, like I've said to you, it's not that like I just cut you out. Like I also cut my best friend out that I went completely isolated from the world. Like I used work as like the one place that I could do something right. Even though, even though like I had so many other options, like I could have reached out to you. I could have reached out to my best friend. I could have just been open. I guess like it felt that I'd been, I'd been so dark and that, like, I'd, I'd put so much, like, dirt over top, top of the, like, the hole that I'd dug, that I'd climbed in, mm. that it was almost, like, the thought of trying to climb my way back out of it seemed like it was too hard now. So I'd, I'd made things ridiculously hard for myself when I really had no reason to. I could have just been open. Mm-hmm. And I would have had that support. I would have had that love. And I also would have been there for you. Like going through that grievance process with your, like with your father passing away as well. But instead I just chose to isolate everything. And so this went on for. Went on for like three months. Went on for about three months. Yeah. And there are some events that happened in those three months, which I wasn't aware of, which yeah. I think I'm going to save for today because it really does start to make this a different podcast. It's probably it's worthy of making its own podcast if we were to try and box it into how to overcome challenges in relationships or how to overcome, uh, yeah, 
to over actually there will be an episode i think where likely at some point we'll do which is refers to as how to transcend betrayal or how to heal from betrayal yeah but I, let me just put it here that there were some things that Haley had done during that time which while technically wouldn't be considered betrayal now in post uh i considered definitely betrayal if not to a framework of what a relationship is but to the relationship of what our thought our spirits shared Kimmy, i know that's very aloof and that's very uh i'm sure that's got you all now thinking what was it um but it's really out of the scope of today so all i want to say is that i was unaware of what Haley was choosing to do with her life yeah at that time i was going through my process of uh, extreme pain but also the healing process which i discussed in episode two how to heal from a broken heart in the sarah love saga and it was roughly around august or so in which that and I hadn't seen her on the beach for three months. We used to see, we used to just randomly bump into each other almost every single day. And so she was actively avoiding obviously going there. And it was roughly around August-ish that she had resurfaced. And just to shortcut this again, because I've covered this all on a podcast, when I bumped into her for the first time, after having not seen her for three months and her cutting me out of her life, I was just like, it seemed like, something in the matrix like this is a glitch like this can't be right like yeah i've been waiting for this this whole time but at the same time it doesn't seem real Mm. and so i just allowed her to explain everything and she did she filled me in on the family situation and she made something of an apology that she could you know she did apologize but i think she was also very scared of what the response would be oh my god i was terrified yeah and rightfully so yeah and so but anyways it kind of just left it there and we thought okay well like I felt like I already moved on at that point. Like I didn't want her in my life. I didn't want anything to do with her at that point. And so that was that. And then I bumped into her maybe once more on the beach a few, maybe a week and a bit later. And it was kind of just, we went for a short, maybe 30 minute walk. And it was just kind of like talking shit. And it just felt like this was not the same person that I had fallen in love with. And I still was in that moving on stage. But then in August, it was just literally the day before, two days or a few days before my birthday that I bumped into her and it was a beautiful, just day like today, where it was a beautiful sunset and I had just been meditating on the rocks and apparently Haley had come down to find me that day. I didn't know this at the time, but I'd seen her. The, the creepy psycho stalker. Has returned. Has returned. Yes. And so I saw her just as I was getting up and, I'm, and she saw me and she just made a beeline for me and I was like, her energy is clarify, changed. I actually did see you when I was walking to the jetty, but you didn't see me and I knew that you were like doing your thing. So I was like, I'm going to walk to the jetty and maybe on my way back, you'll see me. Serendipitous. Maybe not. <laughs> Planned? Maybe so. So she came up, but she had a very different way about her, a very different energy about her. It was extremely, by the way. Are you talking in, about the bit in September? This is the Sunday. Yeah, September. Okay. I think. I think it was just before my birthday. You sure? Or maybe it was just, you're saying it's after my birthday. Yeah, I think it was just after your birthday. Okay, yeah, I'm probably getting those dates wrong. But around that time. And so you had different energy about you. And in the times I had seen you post you cutting me out of your life, you had been a completely different person. Just your energy was so aggressive and cold as well. Not that you were cold and aggressive towards me, but just your energy was like that. But this time now, you rocking up here at this moment, you were very, you were the girl that I remembered. You were lighthearted, you were warm, you were so bright and positive. And I thought, this is really interesting. So do you want to come sit down? Let's, let's like talk for a little bit. And you're like, yeah. 
And so we sit down and we're sitting with your legs were like V'd out in front of you and they're like laid out over the top of my legs that were V'd out. And I was rubbing your legs and the energy as we were talking and I was looking into your eyes and I just interjected at a certain moment after like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes saying, does this, how does this feel to you? Does this feel weird? And what does this feel like? Do you remember what you said? Oh my God. I feel... It's like I can feel what I said. Mm. But it's like it was something along the lines of it feels right. Yeah. That's what I had in my mind as well. Something to that effect. And I proposed to you that I would like to hold you. Yeah. That the way that you and I had come to form our sexual connection, which goes well beyond the penetration of things, it goes into, as we said before, the true interlinking and connection of our spirits together. Mm. I said, I would just like to hold you to try and understand what this feeling is that I'm feeling because it feels like the same girl, but not. It feels like a different girl, but not. It feels like a completely evolved version of you that I had known, even better than what I had felt when we had first come together. Yeah. And so I said, but to really test this, rather than being like fooled by her pretty face and her pretty words, but to see if her energy was as solid as I had once felt. And and so I said, I would like to hold you. And like I actually prefaced it as, I know this might sound a bit strange. I know this might sound a bit weird, but would it be okay if we just held each other with mm. no sexual intent and to hold each other naked as well is how I proposed it. Because actually, if you go back to episode one of us together, the way we had formed our sexual connection was just learning to hold each other naked and just breathe deeply into each other to fill each other's spirits in that interweaving. And you agreed to it. And so we went back to your place that night and we did that and it lasted for some time. It did, it ended up in a very powerful animalistic sexual interaction. Mm, which I think all my housemates heard. All your, sorry, what? I think all the housemates heard that. Ah, correct. Yeah. Not a random, not a unusual occurrence. (laughs) (laughs) We could tell the story about Mary and Joseph another time. Oh my God, don't. (laughs) Please. (laughs) The intent was honoured, which was that I did spend a meaningful period of time. We did spend a meaningful period of time just holding each other and just breathing. And I remember you said to me the next morning that I never felt so whole. Yeah. And well, that, that has stuck with me every single day since. That every day we wake up together, that I do feel more whole than I did the day before. It's like, just keeps burning. That fire just keeps on getting bigger and brighter and stronger. Mm. And so that was the beginning of the new beginning, mm. we find out. So we thought, every, uh, by the way, and I think it's really important, I thought everything was all done. I thought that, you know, I'd been obviously tremendously hurt by her and but I had come to a point of healing that I had no hatred towards her I had forgiven her and forgiven myself and was moving towards and so to be pulled back in was now this I was a lot of trepidation it was like I don't I don't want to I don't think you want to go back here Adam like logically that's what my mind was saying but inside my heart and inside my spirit it was like but this this feels I don't know what this is but it feels like you'd be leaving something on the table and so we baby stepped it from there. Mm. We saw each other like maybe once a week from there. And things really snowballed. Like it went, it escalated even faster than our initial 
yeah. time coming together. It's like once a week turned into like every night before we knew it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the foot was on the other shoe in which they, you pronounced your love. The foot was on the other shoe. The sh- yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god okay so the shoe was on the other foot yeah or the peach was at the other paddock <laughs> <laughs> that'll put some flaps between your legs <laughs> on oh, the royal wagon <laughs> okay so oh. those are all inside jokes my friends if you guys are in fuck me alright so yes you pronounce it was you the, who was the one to Pronounce your love. Mm. Do you remember that? Do you want to describe that? Yeah. I'm trying to like... Memory's a little hazy. Yeah. I'm trying to like recap that because... Well, we were lying in your bed and it was a night after work. It was like a Wednesday. It was like a midweek. Oh my God. Yes, it was. Yeah. I remember now. It was... It was actually before we made it monogamous. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I remember saying to you that like I'm saying this to you because I'm ready to say it and that I don't expect you to say it back. Correct. But just because I just wanted you to know and I wanted to be open with you that, that yeah, I was in love with you and that I felt that that love hadn't stopped burning, that it was that it was always – there in the background still burning for you it's just that i kept on pushing it to the side just pushing it down pushing it down not wanting to recognize that it was there it's amazing that you say that because something i had said to you as our love was or as my love was building for you was that and it's something i wrote to you in a letter which you still have which was that even if we weren't meant to be together in this life i'll find you in the next and we'll fly together. Yeah. And that was the extent of my love for you, realizing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, I take a separation from the scientists of the world that think that we are just biological bags, meat bags of mechanisms, and that you or Haley stops when your body ceases. I feel that I take more of a position that Haley is inhabiting Haley. Your spirit is inhabiting this beautiful creation before me but actually the beauty is what exists beyond your eyes Mm. and that that will transform into something else in the next whatever that may be a transference of energy what i'm describing there and so i feel like that was my love for her always and even though it had to be put away in this lifetime because of the actions that you had taken and i was at peace with that it's why it wasn't also difficult for me at the same time to allow myself to come back to that slowly and like I said, using that analogy of when you you know, always forgive but never forget and you make sure you set up high walls and high mm. tests for people to be able to come back into your life yeah, and don't allow them into the depths of your room. You know, Allow them on the outskirts but let them see, like observe, right? Test and observe. But when you said that to me and we'd only been after the coming back, like after that night of holding each other, it only been like a two or three weeks maybe mm. that you would have that conversation with me. Yeah, it definitely wasn't long. Like it was not long. Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't long at all after. And I'm going to pause you there because the battery is just about to die. But we'll be right back, okay? Okay. 
So my friends, we are back. So what we were just talking on was how I was not ready to say that I was in love with you again because yeah. I was very, very anxious about where this may lead, about what this may be, even though I was feeling very good about you because I feel like I feel like I'm an extremely good read of energy in the moment, it's not, whether it's going well or not well. So I'm very attuned probably just for the line of what I've been practicing with social dynamics because I'm like it was like an emotion detector. Mm. I'm extremely attuned and I know when someone is at peace with themselves. I can feel that within them. Yeah. And so that's what I was feeling within you, but I was still just based on the past, just trying to ease my way into it. And so we eased our way into it from there and we just started to see each other a little bit more. It came a time where it appeared that we were boyfriend and girlfriend without acknowledging it. So he was my non-boyfriend boyfriend and I was his non-girlfriend girlfriend. Correct. I found myself in her pantry one time going to call her baby and it, the words coming out of my mouth and saying, what are you doing tomorrow, baby? But then having to cut it off and going, oh, right, she's not my girlfriend. And, were, and you were saying to me, oh, you know, it's okay if you want to call me now. And then there was just a conversation in the car after us spending an afternoon together and it was raining outside and in a very coy and rapidy way that we I had helped her move house just the previous weekend or something, might have been the previous day, and Haley had found it difficult as to what to refer to me as to her friends who were also helping her to move. Like, oh Adam, what is Adam's my thing? Yeah. I literally remember referring to you as this is Adam, my non boyfriend boyfriend. <laughs> But it's like it's such a weird thing because like I would refer to you like because we weren't in an open relationship. Yeah, we had chosen not to go down that path. Yeah, we had chosen to not see anyone else, and that was the product of the conversation where Haley told me that she was in love with me. Yeah, and we were getting feedback on what we wanted to do with our relationship. I said, "Well, I don't think open suits either of us." Yeah, we both agreed upon that, but we also agreed that we weren't ready to jump in head first. I think is what you said. Yeah, into monogamy. Yeah. But we were just going to see how things felt, which does sound a little loose. And it was loose, but it wasn't loose without awareness. I feel like it was – well, I guess what made it different this time around is that we were actually going and actively sitting with each other. We were talking about our emotions. Well, I mean, you were doing that before, but the fact that I you was actually me. being – Yeah, I was, I was meeting you. You were meeting me halfway. Yeah, 100%. Like it was, you were giving your 50 and I was giving mine. That it was a very There's equitable share. Yeah. It's that there wasn't, I, my biggest thing, and I remember communicating it to you, is that I, I wanted to make sure that this time around that I was open with you, that I was truthful with my, with my emotions, with how I was feeling that I communicated with that with you because I know in the past I definitely didn't. And like I, I knew how much I regretted that. Mm. so yeah just really checking in and just making sure that the moment that I felt something for you sitting with it and like sitting with it for 24 hours making sure that it was how I felt but then communicating it with you straight away Mm. so you were never left guessing Mm. and that's when we got to the I helped her moved house and that's when we were sitting in the car and I said to her, so what you're trying to say to me is that instead of me being your non-boyfriend boyfriend, 
you would like for me to just be your boyfriend. And I remember saying, yeah, because that would just be so much easier to explain to people that you were just my boyfriend. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's effectively the actual official beginning of our relationship, which was But a- I remember I remember just to interject there. Yes. That you never said like, Will you be my girlfriend? It was kind of just like a unspoken thing of yeah. like so am i your girlfriend now and you're like well would you like to be my girlfriend now i'm like yeah and you're like okay cool <laughs> yeah there was never a get down on one day would you be my partner yeah it was just we're removing the ambiguity of being are we together or not together i'm just saying oh well i guess i'll just call you my girlfriend then yeah and i guess you just call me your boyfriend yeah and that's but i think the beauty of that of how it's been like the beauty of that was that it was just the organic reflection of what was already happening. Yeah. There was no proactive weirdness about it of like, and not like a leap of faith. Whereas I remember when I was like younger, when you're, you're having to ask a girl out, right? Yeah. Ask it, and you're like hoping she says yes. Like, fuck, do I write it down on a note? Yeah. Like, what do, do I, I do? Do I print out like a, a picture of me as a baby and being like, hey, like I'm cute, you're cute, let's do this. Do I get her a dog? Do I feed her a pack? <laughs> do you know what? Fuck it, I'm eight years old. I'm going to buy her a house. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's pretty high level. I think that's a bit beyond the scope of what I was capable of. Um, I, thought, I was thinking just, I was like, you would give me a ride on an alpaca or something. <laughs> Richard Parker. Richard Parker. For those that aren't aware, I'm not sure why you'd be aware because I've never discussed this with anyone. But we are planning one day to get an alpaca and his name will be Richard Parker. Dick Parker, the for sure. So that was really our choice. Our choice of monogamy when looking back on it was not really a choice. It was never us sitting down and going, okay, we think that this would be best for us. It was the way that we were going. Yeah. And it, it was such an organic and natural transition that there was there was no way that it, it wasn't going to be happening because it, it already was. Mm. And so now to get to the questions of, and the reason actually, by the way, I probably should mention this at the start of the podcast, was that thank you, shout out to ZT1, who on Instagram reached out to me saying, oh, Haley's so beautiful. She re- He responded to one of our stories saying she's so beautiful you by the way you never made a podcast on why you chose monogamy and why you went away from open style yeah. that was actually the impetus of today's uh, podcast and mm. normally i'm a lot more on point with this shit at the beginning but i feel like this because it's my first podcast jesus you guys probably can't hear it that much but the birds going nuts outside uh this is the first time doing of Haley, so I'm, i was definitely forgetting a few things as we got this ship off but oh, you know the bird outside. Yeah, the bird outside is why I'm making the face. Yeah. Oh, is it? No. Why not? It's you. Why? What's wrong with me? You're such a sausage. In a hallway? Not down my hallway. Yeah, bang. All right. Bangers and mash. <laughs> oh, sweetie, baby Jesus. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm glad God. they finally got to see. The genius of some of the things I say. And it just, Haley, she makes this face. There is a, I'm just going to roll on. There's actually a bird outside that sounds like it's mating with a pterodactyl. It is very loud. Yeah. <laughs> so, rolling on with this. Where the fuck was I? I was at the organic. Oh, right. So, the inception of this podcast. Mm. And that, so to really put the, we can start to summarize the podcast here, which is that now that you guys know how we got to being, well, I guess I should just bridge that, finish the bridge, which is that after us describing that we're no longer going to be 
non-girlfriend, girlfriend, non-boyfriend, boyfriend, and we're actually just going to be together, it was still a baby stepping. It was still me mm. saying, I still have to learn to trust you. I still have to learn to yeah. see if you are for real. And it was just every, for the next three months after that, from that point on until New Year's Eve, she just did everything right. She did everything perfectly on the surface level. There is also some things underneath the hood there, which again, not within the scope of this podcast, but some things that I weren't aware of that she was engaging in that she has since corrected. So I have to be honest between her and I because we're sitting here in this conversation and she would know that's not a truly true statement if I was to say that everything she did was perfect in the next three months. So I'm saying that there were some things going underneath there which were that would later come to be surfaced but in terms of what a lot of things that i was that i'd not dealt with yeah and so we can leave that there for now but what i'm saying is that yeah the trajectory of our relationship was heading in a direction that seemed like the where it should have always been yeah it's like we went through this incredible journey to get to where we are now so much challenge so much trial so much love so much power so much beauty and so much truth in the end and the Mm. truth in the end was that as I had felt when I had first met Haley, was that if we weren't meant to be in this life, then we would be in the next. But it so happened that we had another chance here and now. And so I was extremely grateful for that. Grateful for her to be uh, the presence that she is in my life. What was once I described the little light in my life, which then became the sun in my universe. Oh. <laughs> and, and there, the love was just extraordinarily deepened and solidified from there so now that we have the end of that now now we can finish up with our each bits to really put a capper on it in terms of why i chose monogamy and i think the reason why i chose monogamy was because and this is something i've not described yet in today's podcast or ever in any of the podcast which is that the main reason why i chose open relationships is an interesting point and it's mostly because in my first sexual experience post my last monogamous relationship it didn't feel like what I knew sex and love to be. You know, it was it was it was cool and I made a podcast about it called How to Have Sex in a Mansion. And I learned a lot of lessons, but at the same time it was bereft of the depth of love or what I knew love to be. And so for the next six or so years, I basically ruled myself off from that. That while focusing and using distractions such as the business and focusing on the business, I stopped pursuing women in that way. I stopped seeing and as time went on, that every girl that I would meet, I was still pursuing women, but every time I came across one, it seemed that the potential of falling in love and that knowing that love that I'd only ever known with previous partners in th- four monogamous relationships prior to that, three, three, sorry, three, that every woman just kept being a disappointment. And what I mean by that is the hot, cold nature that I seemed to just kept coming across women yeah. that as soon as everything was going great for the first one or two dates and then out of nowhere, just go full cold. And a couple of times I had been given the privilege, if you will, of having the feedback from them coming back months later saying that I'm apologizing and just saying, I'm really sorry, but I got scared. I got scared because of the amount of love that you had and the, the amount of attention you were trying to, you were going to show me and I wasn't ready for that. And I'm sorry. And one girl saying to me that I wish I could have allowed us to be closer when we first met. And I put up walls. And so that's, that was the story of my life for the next six years. And so basically when you have enough of those experiences coming across women that they talk a big talk but they don't walk it, you just end up losing hope. You end up losing faith and you just go, well, I, and there are many conversations where I have myself where it's like, I just don't think love's for me. 
Like, I don't think the love that I experienced throughout high school and my early 20s was for me. It just feels like this is, seems to be the direction of my life. And I'm very happy just practicing what I refer to as, you know, spiritual connectedness through mm. sex. And so giving my all to women in a, in a sexual experience, whether it is penetrative or whether it's not penetrative, but where there's an intertwining of the masculine and feminine energy, mm. whatever that regard that is, that's enough. Like I don't, I was not attached to having to find someone like Haley or having to find something that I have with Haley now. And, and so that just seemed the way that it was to be. And then so when I, when she came into my life, it was just this, what you can't see at the time. It's as if you are viewing your life through a lens which only has a certain array of color. It only allows you to see a certain depth of color and a certain level of saturation in color. But then when you meet someone like Haley and you find your, whether you want to call it a, a meeting of souls and of soul mating and soul spirit and spirit mating, that everything, your, your fidelity on life, the clarity of the lens through which you perceive life just becomes so much more rich, so much more enriched from having that intertwining of love. And that, and it was just so, it's so unavoidable and so impossible to walk away from mm. in the sense that you are willing to do everything to see that come to fruition past the point of self-destruction. So when you had brought me to the point of self-destruction, I saw that point and I was rational enough to, to say, okay, this needs to die. I will let, be happy to let this die. But then when you did something miraculous within yourself to come back and evolve to the point where we could re-attempt this, and now we see the life that we have now. And it's just beautiful. I think that's the word to describe it. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree. When we had that conversation in September, it, it finally felt right for the first time. Well, literally, it felt right for the first time without like that social social expectation that you know you'd been dating this person you'd gone on a few dates or you'd gone on quite a few dates and it was like that social norm that now oh now you're in a relationship there wasn't there wasn't that expectation with us it was such a natural and organic thing that you and I you and I just had that gravitational force. Like I spoke to you about this morning, that that magnet from my heart to yours, it, it's it's just that gravitational, like I have to be close to you. Like I'm constantly drawn to you all the time. And it just gets to a point where it's beyond consuming, where you no longer need to understand a reason to not be with you where the only thing that makes sense is to be with you where everything in this world could go up in flames but the only thing that matters is you that like searching for you through that fire making sure that you were okay navigating through all of that before putting yourself first when you when you know that you want to go and put somebody else's life and somebody else's health and safety and love before, essentially before what you give you, what you give yourself. 
there is no question as to if it's the right thing to enter into that monogamous relationship or if it's if it's best to just continue taking those baby steps as non-boyfriend boyfriend and non-girlfriend girlfriend it's there's no choice but in the best possible way that love has no boundaries that love has no expectations that love is just love it's interesting you mentioned that because I've made content before on is it possible to love in open relationships and my stance on that actually hasn't changed now that I'm in a monogamous relationship which is that what I experienced with my partners in open relationships which is what I would still refer to as love but it's a different manifestation of love. 100%. Love comes in so many different forms and it looks different. It's like a pair it's like a pair of jeans. They look different on everyone. You can get the same pair of jeans, put them in different bodies, they all look different. Some will fit, some won't. They'll be comfortable on others and not quite as comfy on others. But like that's love. Yeah. And I mean, what I'm talking and what I'm speaking on there is the emotional care that you can show someone. So in an open relationship, you can show just as much emotional care, at least to the degree of making sure that, that person sees, feels seen, understood, cared for, mm. that they aren't a piece of trash that it can be disposed of. Right. And that that at a base minimum is more love than anyone than most people are ever going to feel in general, mm. right? There are most people that are involved in what they coin as casual sex, which is a far cry from what I refer to as open sex done with love and emotional care and compassion, right? For those of you that, and for a lot of my clients that are currently in that stage right now where they're having to learn about themselves in relation to others and they're not in the stage of life where monogamy is right for them. And this comes back to my fundamental viewpoint of what I believe to be the optimal mating system for a human being. Mm. It's not monogamy or polyamory it's what suits you as the individual and what you need to learn right now the best mating system is the one that allows you to learn what you need to learn right now which is why these broad scaping and wide sweeping generalizations from the academics and various voices in the space that say not only monogamy that's the way or only polyamory that you know it's, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me human yes, beings you do so what feels right you do you do what feels right within yourself in that moment. If it is an open relationship or if it is monogamy, there is no right or wrong. Mm. That love has no has no limits, has no boundaries. It it isn't there with an expectation. Mm. And as long as you're doing it safely, because I can hear the people that that read the research on what a society looks like with more single mothers and whatnot. And yes, yeah. Yeah, as long as you're doing it safely and you're taking care and check of yourself to not be producing uh, children in unwanted circumstances, then you're causing no harm. And as long as you and as long as you cause no harm and you're doing it in a compassionate way, an empathetic way, then you can have your time in life as I did and as you did for the brief time that you had. And well, actually, more not so brief because of the time when you were away from me, you were obviously doing open style um, sexual experiences. Mm. And the time that I was, that we had our time, but yet we've somehow managed to find each other back. We found our way back to monogamy. And I'm not here to say that that is what for you listening right now is for you. That I'm not here to say that you must be in exclusive relationships in perpetuity. And that's the only way of going about it. What I'm saying is that you need to know you mm. and forget about, and it's a bit of a paradox in which that I don't want you to listen to me, but if you're going to listen to anyone, listen to the person who says, don't listen to them. Yeah, listen to you. Yeah. 
I think if you can do that, that's why effectively when we say we chose monogamy, I don't think we chose monogamy. We chose each other. 100%. And monogamy just came with that. Yeah. We don't see the need to bring other people into that um, connection at where we yeah. are now. Maybe where we once had seen, but no longer. Yeah. So I think as I like to do, I like to wrap up these podcasts with like summary points and tactical points, which is the key one we had just gotten to before, which is just because I'm in a monogamous now, it doesn't mean I encourage my clients to. I encourage my clients to understand who they are. And for those of you listening that have followed my content for a long time, follow your own path, follow your own journey. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to pass people on, maybe from the female perspective? Yeah, I guess to, I guess to understand the like to detach from that stigma that you're not able to love somebody until you've loved yourself that a lot of the time you find that love you find a deeper sense of love being able to share it with somebody else while you're navigating your own that you don't think it's black and white no it's not black and white it's there's so many beautiful colors that come with it that a lot of the time you can open up to that person that you think that that you originally thought that you couldn't open up to. You can definitely talk to them about anything and and know that if they are the person that you think, then they'll be there for you. That there's no reason to shut down. Mm. To just be open. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, my friends, thank you very much for listening to our first joint podcast together with Haley and I. Love to hear feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, send me a DM on Instagram. Haley's on private uh, for good reason. Some of you guys get a little bit weird. <laughs> um, but she'll see any feedback you want to post in the comments down below for sure. So, if there's any further questions you would like to ask, uh, as we've, we've tried to keep today pretty as focused as we can on this concept of relationship style. Mm. And there'll uh, be more to come where we can unpack. Yeah. We would like to talk about sex yeah. more because we think our sexual connection is something of a pretty unusual standard, a pretty rare standard mm. to be found, um, particularly food. Yeah. So I'll leave that there for now. Um, we'll also like to talk about, I like to unpack betrayal at some point. I like to unpack many things. Also just for those of you that are in relationships as well, how we navigate conflict. Mm. how we navigate the management of our relationship uh, in regards to freedoms, in regards to trust, in regards to all of that. Uh, like children, marriage, our ideas on marriage, which is something we have a unique perspective on as well. Yeah. Life building, all that. So that's all available. That's stuff we're all willing to talk about. So if you want to hear more about it, just let us know in the comments down below. And as always, wishing you all the love, peace, and joy. And that brings me to my thanks for all of you. Thank you, first off, for just being here, your presence. But please let me know. Let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives, how you felt about this, any commentary. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I possibly can. And also, if you did enjoy the content, please hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. It just helps it get sent out to more people in the community. And if you feel like this would resonate with someone else, please share it to some of your close friends. If you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching, that's all available on boldojo.com. Guided meditation free resources of wisdom, 
free weekly on my newsletter, Bowl Sip. Just chuck your email in. comes out every Friday. That's all available. All the links down below. And if you would like to support the podcast directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link down below or on the website, balldojo.com in the podcast section. Anything that you guys give is always super appreciated. So thank you very much. Wishing you all the love, peace, and joy in this life. 